I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Alvin. Like most days, I got off the school bus and walked two blocks to the kindergarten where my mom works. As usual, I stood waiting for her at the front of the building. On that day, though, a man came from nowhere, grabbed my backpack, and ran away with it. Hey! That's my math homework you're stealing, I yelled after him. There's nothing of value to even steal. The man disappeared around the corner. Distraught, I slumped down and continued waiting for my mother. That's the price you pay for living here. Things like this happen all of the time. My mom finally got off work at 5 p.m. Someone stole my math homework while I was waiting for you, I told her. Just like me, she'd gotten used to it. You're lucky. Someone stole all four tires from a client's car today, she said laughing. <laughs> we continued chatting while walking to our fake home. You heard that right. I said fake. You'll figure out what I mean in a moment. You see, this old and rather dilapidated house goes with the rest of the neighborhood. After about 10 minutes, we made it to our fake home. My mom made herself a coffee as we waited for my dad until 6 p.m. After my dad came home from work, we spent another hour waiting impatiently. Then, we hurried around the house, closing the curtains so our neighbors wouldn't see us. From the moment the curtains closed every evening, we'd live as we truly are, like rich people. We went down to the basement of our fake home. My dad turned on the facial recognition system. We turned our faces to the hidden cameras. As soon as the system identified us, the secret door in our basement opened. The secret door revealed a 5.4 mile long tunnel. It's actually a subway line that belongs to my parents and me. We use this unique subway every night to reach our real home. After a short ride, we made it to our mansion. Our property is enclosed by 13 feet high walls. During the day, there are hundreds of people working here, maintaining the grounds. Maids, drivers, cooks, and gardeners. The staff leaves at 6.30 p.m. We arrive after they're gone, and it's only us at the mansion. We walked into the dining hall. We filled our plates with food from the buffet and sat down. The best chefs in the world cook a hundred different dishes every night. My dad asked, How was your day, son? Someone stole my backpack as I was waiting for mom. I had my math homework in that backpack. 
I need to do it all over again, I replied. Dad smiled. Bummer. I'm free tonight if you need help, he said. Dad, I hate hiding the fact that we're rich. Horrible things keep happening to us in that neighborhood, and they always will. Alvin, we talked about this so many times. We have to live this way. We have no choice but to adapt, he replied, frowning. Yes, we had talked about this many times, yet I still didn't understand why we had to hide that we were the wealthiest family in the world. My grandfather had won the biggest jackpot of all time from the lottery. On the way to claim his winnings, he and my grandmother got in a car accident. My grandmother died instantly. My grandfather fell ill in his grief. So, he hired a lawyer to get his affairs in order and found an investment advisor. I'm not going to touch this money. Invest with it as you like. I want my son to benefit from it in the future, he said. The advisor was very good at his job. He built hotels and shopping malls worldwide and bought shares in gold and diamonds and stakes in many successful companies. My grandfather's lottery winnings grew exponentially, reaching billions of dollars. When my grandfather died, my parents inherited all his wealth. For some reason, we have to hide it. We pretend to live in the lowest income neighborhood of our city. We can only enjoy the privileges of being wealthy when we're in the mansion. I've been putting up with this for years because my parents want me to. But I've had it. I want to live my best life 24 hours a day. It's my birthright. I thought about everything that night and came up with an idea. If I made sure my friends at school knew about how rich we were, they would definitely tell their friends and families. Word would spread like wildfire and all kinds of people would know about our fortune. Then my parents would have to concede that it was impossible to hide any longer and we could start living the high life every day. I put my plan into motion the next day without hesitation. To start, I decided to tell two people, Nancy and Justin. I can't really say that I like them. I think they're super obnoxious, but they both were pretty popular in school and loved gossiping. Thanks to them, my family's secret would be out in no time. After lunch, I called both of them to the schoolyard and cut to the chase. I'm going to share my family's biggest secret with you. They were both stunned. I'm not kidding what I'm about to tell you, so you've got to trust me, I said. I had to muster up the courage to keep speaking. Nancy and Justin waited with anticipation. They both stared at me intensely. My family is the richest family in the world, and I'm the richest kid in the world, I said. My friends just stared at each other. Then they both burst out laughing. If I'm honest, that's the reaction I was expecting. You don't believe me, and you have every reason not to. I'm going to ask you to come with me. What I'm about to show you is sure to convince you, I said. You better find other people to mess around with, Justin groaned. Nancy was all in. Alvin looks dead serious, she said, and I'm curious about what's happening here. I couldn't take my friends to our fake home because I didn't know how to operate the facial recognition system. That being the case, I wouldn't be able to open the secret door. That's why I decided to take them to the mansion in broad daylight. It would be my first time entering my own house from the front door. But first, I had to convince the security detail posted outside. There was a gigantic iron door at the entrance and a security booth for the guards. Nancy and Justin stared in disbelief, first at the majestic door, then at the towering walls. One of the guards came out of the booth. Kids, this is private property. Please leave, he said. I told the guard, you don't know me, but I live here. I want to show our house to my friends, I said. I'm not in the mood for jokes, kid. Move along, please, he groaned. My room is on the third floor, I said, trying to convince him. There's a MacBook on my bed right now. 
I binge-watched Netflix until late last night. I can list off every show to prove it to you. Take us up there. Son, you're a fool if you think you can play me like that. I'll have to make a citizen's arrest for trespassing if you don't leave now, he responded. Justin turned to me. Alvin, I don't know if this is your idea of a prank, but I'm not getting in trouble because of some weird lie. This guy seems pretty serious. Let's get out of here before he puts us in a chokehold or something, he said. I decided to play my last card. I'm going to tell my father about this. If you don't want to lose your job, let us in. This is my house, I screamed. At the last second, the iron gate started opening. A luxury car with dark windows was leaving the property. It stopped where we stood. The black backseat window came down. The person inside looked out and asked, What seems to be the problem here? The security guard said, Sir, this kid says he lives here. The man looked at me condescendingly. You certainly do not live here. This is my private property, and I have two daughters, no son, he said. Let's go, he commanded the driver, rolling up his window. I just stood there, shocked. He's lying. This is our house, I murmured. Justin and Nancy looked at each other nervously. Nancy said, And to think I believed you, even for a second. Justin nodded. Called it. They turned around and started walking back. I was sure that everyone at school would find out about what happened. This mansion was my home. Who was that man? Knowing it was useless to insist, I went back to my family's run-down fake house. When I walked into the house, I saw my parents waiting impatiently for me. They both looked upset. Obviously, they knew what had happened. My mom said, Alvin, we watched you and your friends on the security camera. What you did was incredibly reckless. I had tears pouring down my face. You're right, mom. I'm so sorry. But who was that man? Don't we own the mansion? I asked. My dad said, Of course we do. That man is a professional actor. Staff at the mansion think he owns the house. It's another precaution we had to take so that no one would suspect what's going on. Dad, why do we have to take so many precautions? Why are we hiding our real selves from the world? I really want to know, I pleaded. My dad looked at my mom, who nodded at him before turning to me. We hid some things from you to protect you. We knew we'd have to tell you one day, but we were worried about your mental health, Dad said, pausing. He looked back at my mom again. She nodded for him to go on. Then she started crying <laughs> softly. My dad took a deep breath and began to explain. We used to be the family you always wanted us to be. You weren't born yet. We had a daughter named Betty. Everyone knew how rich we were, which made our lives incredibly difficult. We used to go everywhere with an army of guards. We all had to wear bulletproof vests. Then something awful happened. Someone managed to kidnap your sister. They demanded we give them a hundred million dollars as ransom. We said yes, of course, but they never released her, even though we gave them the money. The police were sure it was because Betty had seen their faces. This was a massive trauma for us. After that, your mom and I made a decision. We moved to the inner city and set up this life to hide our wealth. We lost our daughter. We couldn't protect her. We don't want to lose our son too. Alvin, all this is for you. This is the only way to live a quiet life away from danger. Now I knew everything. I hugged my dad. My mom got up and joined us. We all cried for Betty for a while. I'm really sorry about today. I didn't know you were trying to protect me. I will be careful from now on, I said. From that day on, I made mom and dad a promise to live humbly during the day and never tell anyone again.
Sometimes I would look up the tall skyscrapers as I walked down the city streets begging for money. I used to live in one of those. I used to have a view of the ocean, a concierge, a doorman. I tipped my valet well and he was a friend of the family. But that all feels like a lifetime ago. Now I'm alone, penniless, washing car windows and begging strangers for change for a living. It all started when I met Chelsea at a charity gala. She was the prettiest girl in the room, and I was the richest one. Hi, I'm Drake. I just thought I'd introduce myself, seeing as we'll be married soon. Chelsea laughed at my cheesy line, but it worked. A year later, we got married at a cathedral in Spain. We flew our friends and family over. We had a ceremony filled with luxury. A whole orchestra, ten pairs of swans, white flowers bedecked the whole place. And yet, as soon as the wedding was over, all Chelsea did was complain. I mean, sure, Bali is Bali, but isn't it a bit uninspired for a honeymoon? Half the people here are Australians. I wish you'd have taken me to Switzerland or Cape Town. You're Drake Nathans for crying out loud. All of Hollywood is at your feet and you take me to Bali? She said this as she sipped on a $100 drink while lounging on a yacht next to a private tropical island. Chelsea's appetites were insatiable. She bought everything she fancied. Five years after our wedding, there were still clothes, bags, and necklaces that she bought with my money on our honeymoon that she hadn't even worn once. Chelsea quit her job the moment we got home and became a professional leech. All she did was attend celebrity parties and flirt with guys twice her age. She complained that I didn't give her a big enough allowance and didn't buy her expensive gifts. Meanwhile, she used my card to go on shopping sprees and to treat her girlfriends to lavish vacations. When she had our kids, the spending only got worse. She was never home, and I had to take care of the kids myself, even when I was filming. The kids loved it, though. But one day, I came home and Chelsea was gone, and so were the kids. My paintings, my statues, my cars, all gone. My safe was emptied, and the bank account was drained. I heard she ran off with some young model she met at a party, and no matter how much I spent on private investigators, they couldn't find her. I wouldn't have minded being poor if I had my kids, but she took them, and she didn't even care about them. Then, she had someone deliver a message. She would only give my kids back if I sent her money. Lots of it. I sold what I could. I borrowed from the bank, but no matter how much I sent, my kids never appeared. I worked as much as I could, but the financial hole Chelsea left in me was too vast. And soon, I was deep. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Keep in debt. The banks took my house. They took everything that I had left. And I became a pauper. I had to live on the streets. It was tough at first. My friends tried to help, but Chelsea told everyone I was a bad father and that I did unspeakable stuff to her. Nobody believed me when I denied her lies. I was alone in the world. People who passed me by would recognize me and insult me. They would take photos and make memes about how low I sank. After a while, people moved on and the world forgot about Drake Nathans. The only way I could really make money was teaching self-defense and martial arts classes. It was at least one skill from my acting career that could make stable money. I was on my way to interview for a job when I saw a commotion break out. A girl wearing copious amounts of jewelry was running down the street, and three crooks were running after her. They cornered her in an alley, and I ran through traffic, dodged and jumped over cars just to get there in time. One of them already had the girl in his grasp. And don't move. If you come any closer, she's a goner. You don't want to get tangled up in this, homeless guy. Run along. Here's a dollar. The guy tossed a bunch of coins at my face, but I caught one and threw it back straight at him. While they were all shocked, I swiped the first guy with my feet and he fell to the ground. I elbowed the other one in the gut and he doubled over. And then I ran at the wall and used that to jump behind the third guy. I grabbed his arm and put it behind his back. The girl was free. You're safe now, miss. Suddenly, ten guys in suits came rushing towards us. Two of them grabbed my arms and pushed me to the ground. Princess, are you alright? Princess? Shut up, you lowlife. Did these guys hurt you, princess? Hudson, call the cops. We'll need to investigate who's behind this. I, I'm sorry, but the guy you're holding down, he's not with them. He's the one that saved me. Suddenly, I was being helped up. The guys apologized, and the princess asked if there was anything she could do to thank me. That was when one of the guards recognized me. Holy, that's Drake Nathan's. Dude. Drake Nathans? Who's that? The princess drove me to her mansion in the city, and she had someone bring me fresh clothes. She housed me in her guest house and fed me, and when I had rested, she summoned me to her room. She had spent the whole night watching all my movies. She listened to my story, and she pitied me. And so, as a reward for saving her, she made me her personal trainer and martial arts instructor. I taught her judo, and there were times where her face would come so close to mine and she would grab my arm to disarm me, and it made all the maids watching us blush. One time, she lost her balance, and her lips landed on my neck. I had goosebumps all over, and we both jumped back in embarrassment. Hands off her, you! I looked around and saw the princess's fiancé. Aren't you being too comfortable touching the princess like that? Oh, he didn't mean it. I... I fell. Nevertheless, a peasant shouldn't be touching a princess. You should make him wear gloves. You, servant, go fetch me some tea. The princess and I have something to discuss. But the princess's lessons are unimportant compared to the royal wedding. I was dismissed, and that night the princess came to me crying. 
She had no desire to marry Kieran, especially because when they were young, Kieran told her she was ugly. But now that she was going to be queen, he used his family's influence to get engaged to her. Nobody liked the guy. Even the guards would have hit him already if he wasn't a lord. He treated everyone as if he owned them, and I didn't want the princess to end up with a guy like that. But princess, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a princess. I'm just Kate when I'm with you. You make me happy. You're the one I want to marry. She took my face and kissed me. And for three long, infinite seconds, I felt heaven. It wasn't just in my head. She was in love with me too. See? You can do something about it. If you love me, take me with you. You have to take me out of here. I didn't want to put Kate's life in that position. But when I overheard Kieran confess that it was him who sent those thugs after Kate, everything changed. Kate's safety was at stake, and I did the one thing that I knew would protect her. We ran. And for months, Kieran's thugs hunted us. Kate and I sent coded messages back to the palace to tell everyone we were okay, and our guards gathered evidence for what Kieran did. One night, while we were in one of our hideouts, the stars were so beautiful that Kate and I decided to go for a walk on the beach. The waves were so tall, and the boats were camouflaged, so we didn't hear them approach. Suddenly, we were surrounded by Kieran's thugs. I fought them off one by one, but I was running out of steam. Kate began sobbing from hopelessness, and just when I couldn't fight anymore, a bright light shone on us from above. Soldiers rappelled down the beach, and one by one, Kieran's thugs were apprehended. Princess, I'm so glad we got here in time. We were saved. The palace couldn't prove that Kieran had had bad motives, and so they basically used us as bait. But it all worked out in the end, and Kieran was taken to prison. Our story became a spectacle. The whole world wanted to know our stories. Someone even made a movie out of it, starring me. Finally, I was back in Hollywood, and my stardom was restored. At the movie's premiere, I felt someone grab my arm. I was pulled back, and immediately guards surrounded us. I looked back and saw my ex-wife behind the barricades, and she had my kids. They were all grown up. We lost it all. Ran, ran out of money. I've been raising them on my own all this time. Please, please help me. Sir, do you know this woman? I looked her up and down and then I smiled. No, I don't know this woman. The Chelsea I knew would have never worn a dress with holes in them. She would have worn makeup and she would have had jewels everywhere. She might claim to be my wife, but she's not. Those are my kids, though. Let them in. Chelsea begged to be let in with our sons, but I just ignored her. I'm sorry. Take me back. We can be married again. I looked at her one last time. Marry you? When I have a princess as my fiance? Kate showed everyone the sapphire ring I gave her. And as the paparazzi cameras flashed all around us... We kissed. My dad is a successful businessman who constantly got in trouble for mistreating his employees. One time, his secretary, who was pregnant, asked him if she could go home early because she wasn't feeling well. My dad responded, No, you have to finish your work first. But sir, I think I'm going into labor. Your water didn't break yet, or... So go back to work or else you are fired. 
Well, a few hours later, the poor woman ended up giving birth inside my dad's office. And instead of being helpful, my dad kept yelling at her to not make such a mess or else the carpet would be ruined. Yes, my dad was lacking in empathy. And when the local newspaper heard about the incident, they wrote a front page newspaper article about it, publicly humiliating him and tarnishing his reputation. My dad could have simply apologized to his secretary that gave birth, but instead, he wanted to sue her for defamation because she had called him the most ruthless boss in the history of mankind inside that news article. Fortunately, my dad's lawyers convinced him that suing a mother who had just given birth would only further damage his public image. Instead, they advised him to donate money to some charity. My dad reluctantly agreed and chose to open a high school for underprivileged kids. That's where I come into play. I somehow persuaded my dad to let me take over the planning and administration of his new school. He was happy to see me be so passionate about the project. He probably thought it would prepare me to take over his business one day. Well, big mistake. Because my first decision was to turn it into an all-girls school. And I didn't care one bit if the girls came from underprivileged backgrounds or not. I just wanted them to be pretty. And to get as many school applications as possible, I let the school make all kinds of ridiculous promises. Like one teacher for every five students. And the offering of lots of sports activities like ballet classes and horse riding. LOL! I was way too lazy to hire a ballet teacher. And I certainly didn't buy any horses. But my marketing worked, and the school got over 2,000 applications. I went through all of them and checked every girl's Facebook account to see if they were pretty or not. Of course, I only chose the best-looking ones. To give you an idea how picky I was, I only accepted 1 in 10 girls. Anyway, the year was about to start, and I realized that I had forgotten to hire teachers. I ended up finding some at the last minute, but they were really bad. They all had been kicked out of their previous schools for either always being on sick leave, straight up stealing, or in one case, bullying one of her own students. But hiring bad teachers turned out to be a brilliant move on my part, because none of them cared whether I was running the school well or not. They all just wanted to collect their paychecks. In fact, two of the 10 teachers I hired only showed up for a single week. Afterward, they called in sick for the rest of the year. Meanwhile, I was 16 and put myself into 11th grade. The girls were surprised to have a boy in their class, but I told them I was only there for a few months to make sure my dad's school ran smoothly. Now, let me tell you something. Boys aren't the only ones whose hormones go crazy during puberty. Lots of girls were interested in me. No, let me correct myself. All girls were interested in me. I was the only guy around and got asked out on so many dates that I had to reject most girls. I simply didn't have the time to date them all. And a girl getting rejected by a guy only increases her desire for that man. That's why girls started promising me that I could do anything I wanted if I only went on a date with them. And while you probably think I was living the dream, I don't think that such an abundance of women was healthy for me. I had always looked up to my dad. Maybe he was a jerk, but he was also extremely hardworking and a high achiever. I wanted to be like him one day and not just end up as another spoiled rich kid. But ask yourself the following question. Would Bill Gates have had the discipline to build Microsoft if growing up he'd been surrounded by hundreds of pretty girls who all wanted him? Not a chance! And so, instead of focusing on my studies, I was fully busy with girls. I often skipped classes and took my classmates Kendall and Rose into empty classrooms to hang out and make out. I had a key to every classroom after all. I pulled out a water bottle and said, let's play spin the bottle. Can you believe that in 10 spins, it didn't point at me once? It was infuriating, but at least Kendall came home with me after school, so I won't complain.
What shocked me the most about staying at an all-girls school was how mean the popular girls were. Our teachers paid no attention to bullying, and in my art class, some girls always drew their sketches on the backs of other girls. They had to hold still for at least an hour, and it was extremely degrading. I once asked one of the girls that got bullied why she let the popular girls treat her like that, and she replied, Because if I stand up for myself, they'll take me to the bathroom, take away my clothes, and make me walk home naked. I saw them do that to another girl. I felt sorry for her and invited her to my home. But once it got late, I told her, I want to sleep now. Please go home. Oh, but will we see each other again tomorrow? Um, no. So you don't want to be my boyfriend? I shook my head and she started crying. Oh my god, you took my V-card and you don't even want to date me? You stole it from me! At that point, I'd probably been intimate with a third of all girls at my school. Anyway, our school had no principal, which meant there was no supervision whatsoever, and I could change anyone's grades on the report card. I only did that for myself and eight other girls who were my closest friends. But when I showed my fake report card full of A's and B's to my dad and he told me how proud he was, I felt a bit ashamed. Instead of studying hard for school, I was cutting corners and abusing my power to get laid with girls. I knew if I continued like this, I'd end up like Paris Hilton, another dumb rich kid who does nothing other than spending her daddy's money. So, the following semester, I wanted to reinvent myself and decided to befriend Laura, who was the best student at our school. She was so diligent that she even read textbooks during recess. Hey, Laura, I said. Want to study together with me for the next math exam? No, thank you. But teamwork is fun, isn't it? Teamwork? Why don't you first tell me how to locate the local maxima of a function? Of course, I didn't know the answer to her question, so she continued. Us two working together wouldn't be teamwork. It would be me tutoring you for free. No thank you. Well, okay, then let me pay you to be my tutor. $50 an hour. Is that enough? Apparently, $50 was a lot to Lara. She agreed, and we met at my house. I was so used to girls being into me that I immediately made advances towards her. What the hell? Get your hands off me. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, it won't happen again. The study session went well, but during a break, Laura complained to me that her math teacher expected way too much and that it was impossible to get an A in her class. I replied, well, do you know my dad owns the school? I have enough power to change your grades any way you want. Really? Yeah. Last semester, I polished the report cards of a couple of my friends. Kendall, for example, got an F in her English exam, but thanks to me, ended up getting an A on her report card. I was telling her all that to impress her. However, she got really mad and said, I'm working my ass off day and night to study, and you give away A's to a bunch of undeserving brats you've slept with? I didn't know what to respond, and Lara stormed out. I had a bad feeling, but I had no idea just how bad things were about to get. Laura contacted both the local authorities and several newspapers to tell them how I was the only boy at my dad's all-girls school, how I had slept with dozens of girls, and how I had abused my power to give some of my favorite girls good grades in return for… you know what. It turned into a huge scandal, and everyone blamed my dad for what I had done. He got so much negative press that the board of directors of his own company decided to fire him as the CEO. At first, my dad hated me for all the trouble I'd caused him. But now, without the job and without the stress that comes with being a CEO, he became a much more relaxed person and forgave me. He even said, I'm glad I no longer work 12 hours a day. 
I have all the money in the world, so why shouldn't I enjoy myself a little? Right now, my dad does nothing but play golf all day and have fun. And why not if it makes him happy? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.